21 to 25. This is the word of our Father. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed, and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Before we turn to the Lord in the text, let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Let's pray together. Gracious Father, what a wonderful joy it is to be with your people this morning. To be here. To hear from you. Father, may we listen. May we love May we love you, may we love one another, may we love your word, and may we be made zealous to share it with others and share it with one another. Father, you are a good father. Indeed, you are a perfect father. And so thank you that as our perfect father, you provide for us, and you provide for us by giving us the church, giving us your word and feeding us, shepherding us every Sunday. So be with us this morning. May we relish this morning. May it be a great joy to us this morning to hear from you. Indeed, may it be our greatest joy to hear from you and grow in our love for you. For indeed, church is a taste, a foretaste of heaven. So be with us now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, so we're back in Mark this morning. By the way, it's really good to be back. I've missed you all. I, I don't know how long ago it was, but it feels like ages. So yeah, just want to say that. It's good to see you all. Um, we're back in Mark this morning, and, um, and we pick up, this is a long time ago, um, so you've probably forgotten this, but we pick up during what I said last time we were in Mark was a, was a tender moment. Um, and what I mean by that is this, sometimes, if you've got children, you'll know this, sometimes your, your son and your do- or your daughter, when you're all alone, they'll come to you with a question that clearly has been on their hearts a while, that they've been pondering and wondering and about and, and thinking over and mulling over. Oh, sorry, Isaac, I've got to turn this on. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. See, look, I've forgotten how to do this this morning. Oh, no. Here we go. All right. Um, sometimes your son or your daughter will come to you and, and ask you a question that they've clearly been mulling over. And I'll give you an example of this. I gave this example last time, but I remember Henry, my six-year-old boy, um, asked me one day, and he said, Dad, why do you say hawk all the time? And I was like, what do you mean, why do I say hawk all the time? And he said, when we're driving, you say hawk. And then I realized, oh yeah, I do say hawk. You know, when we're driving along, you know, State Highway 1, and I see a hawk, I'll say hawk. But clearly this was perplexing him, right? He was wondering, why does dad say hawk while he's driving? Um, But we're in the middle of a similar moment, right? Um, Because what's happened is some really big crowds have gathered around Jesus. And I'm sure the disciples were really excited about that, right? Man, this is really taking off. This is really working. Look at these huge crowds. This is wonderful. And Jesus, as they would have expected him to do, has opened his mouth to teach these big crowds. 
But when he's done that, he's done something that's to the disciples was really, really strange because he's opened his mouth and he's spoken to these huge crowds in parables. Um, now, when we think of parables, we think symbolic story told to make things easier to understand. That's what we think when we think of parables. But that's only true if the parable is explained. If the parable is not explained, then a parable is just like a foreign language. You've got the symbols right in front of you, but you have no idea what any of them mean. I mean, just think about a foreign language. You could have the simplest sentence in a foreign language. Mary had a little lamb. But if you don't know what the symbols represent, you don't understand what's going on. You don't understand what's being said. And that's what's happened here. Jesus has taught these crowds in parables, and he's never explained any of them. And as I say, that puzzled the disciples. So when everyone was gone, like a son or a daughter, when everyone was gone, they came to Jesus and they asked him, why? Why do you speak to the crowds in parables? Why, why are you speaking to them in, in a foreign language, basically? Now, we looked at some of Jesus' answer already, but that brings us to this morning's text. Because Jesus' words here about the lamp in verses 21 to 23, and Jesus' words here about paying attention in verses 24 to 25, all of that, as we'll see in a moment, is part of his answer to their question, why do you speak to the crowds in parables? So that's what we'll be looking at this morning. Firstly, the lamp. Um, reading verse 21. Look at, with me at verse 21, the lamp. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? You know, in one sense, verse 21 is super straightforward. Think of a flashlight. You don't turn a flashlight on and then put it in your pocket. No one does that. Sometimes you accidentally do that with the little flashlight on your phone, right? You look at your phone and the flashlight will be on. But other than that, you don't do that. You don't turn a light on and then put it in your pocket. Because what's the point of a light? The point of a light is to give light. It's really straightforward. The point of a light is to give light. That's true today, and that was true in the first century. And so Jesus says, you don't bring a lamp in and then put it under a basket or a bed. No one does that. Because the point of a light is to give light. It defeats the purpose. Instead, you, you put it on a stand. Because the purpose of a light is to give light. It's very, very simple. Super simple. Super straightforward. But then go deeper. What is the light here? And what does Jesus mean when he talks about a lamp on a stand? Well, look with me at verse 22. For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest nor is anything secret except to come to light. Notice this word secret. It's key to understanding the text. Notice this word secret. What does Jesus mean by this word secret? 
You know, it's actually a word that Jesus has literally just used. Now, in our minds, he used it about two months ago, whenever the last time was that we were in Mark. But in reality, it was about 30 seconds ago in the disciples' hearing that Jesus just used this word secret. The disciples asked him, why do you speak to the crowds in parables? And when he answered them, he used this word secret. He said, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables. Now, given how recently he just used the same word secret, it stands to reason that it means the same thing both times, right? That's how a lawyer interprets text. If you ever go to law school, you'll learn this, right? If you've got two words used in close proximity, they mean the same thing, right? And I think you can apply that principle here. You've got the same word used in close proximity. It means the same thing. So secret in verse 22 means the same thing as secret when Jesus used it only a few seconds ago. So it means the secret of the kingdom of God. That's what it means in verse 22. Secret of the kingdom of God. But then that raises another question, which is what does Jesus mean by the secret of the kingdom of God? What does Jesus mean by secret in verse 22 in terms of it being the secret of the kingdom of God? It's very simple. The secret of the kingdom of God means the explanation of the parables. Jesus tells the crowds parable after the parable after parable about the kingdom of God. And he doesn't explain a single one, which means that in a word, their meaning is secret, isn't it? Secret. But not to the disciples. They're given the explanation. They're told the secret. They're sat down, as it were, by the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's given them his word about his kingdom. He's told them the secret. He's told them what the parables mean. He's let them in on that secret. It's his word. It's his word about his kingdom. Think of Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet. This was our call to worship this morning. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And that's what lamp is here. It's what lamp refers to here. It's very simply Jesus' word. His word. But then there's one more question, isn't there? Which is, what's the point that Jesus is driving at? If the lamp equals Jesus' word, in the context of his word about his kingdom, but in general his, his word, if lamp equals Jesus' word, then what's Jesus saying when he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. I think there's two options. And I'll go slowly here. First option, in terms of what all of this means, in terms of the lamp and the secret and it being the secret of the kingdom of God and his word, I think there's two options in terms of what Jesus is saying here when he says no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. First option is this. Jesus is speaking about them. And like I say, I'll go slowly and I'll explain what I mean. Sometimes people speak in a way that deliberately leaves others in the dark. Sometimes people deliberately speak in a way that leaves others in the dark. 
Think of the way a politician answers a question, right? If they get asked a question that they don't want to answer, you know what they do? They pretend they answer the question without answering the question. They'll get asked a question and they'll say, you know, that's a great question, but what I really wanted to talk about was this. And then off they go. Sounds like they're answering the question, but they're not answering the question. So they speak in a way that deliberately leaves others in the dark. And it's possible Jesus is saying here, I'm not doing that with you. I'm not speaking in a way that deliberately leaves you in the dark. In the same way that no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, I'm not using my words about my kingdom to leave you in the dark. That's the first option. Jesus is speaking about them when he talks about no one lighting a lamp. In other words, his word and putting it under a basket. The second option is this, though. Jesus is speaking about others. So when he says, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, he's talking about others. And I'll, again, go slowly and explain what I mean. Give another illustration. At our Bible studies on Tuesday night, we often have a plate of cookies, brown butter cookies. If you don't know what brown butter cookies are, you're missing out. Delicious. Or we have like a block of Whitaker's chocolate or something like that. Or we have both. Um... But that block of chocolate or that plate of cookies, well, well, as happens at Bible studies, it gets passed around the circle, doesn't it? It gets passed around the room. Now, when someone passes you a big block of Whitaker's chocolate, right? If you're sitting there in a circle and someone passes you the block of chocolate, you don't go, oh, great, and then finish it yourself. That's, no one does that. Shouldn't do that. But no one does that because it's not just for you is it? It's for others too. You're being given that block of chocolate, not so you can have it all to yourself, but so that you can pass it around the circle. And it's possible that that's what Jesus means here. He's saying, remember, lamp equals word. Lamp equals Jesus's word about his kingdom. And he's saying, I'm not giving you that word so that you can keep it to yourself. Instead, I'm giving you my word so that you can share it with the world. So those are the two options. Either Jesus, when he talks about not, no one bringing a lamp and putting it under a basket, either he's talking about them in terms of their understanding. He's not speaking in a way that deliberately leaves them in the dark. I'm not giving you my word so that you can be deliberately left in the dark like politicians do. Or he's talking about others, as in I'm not giving you my word so that you can keep it to yourself, like a big block of chocolate, greedy. I'm giving you it so that you can give it to others. So which is it? If lamp equals word, then what does this imagery mean of the lamp and the basket? Is he speaking about them, or is he speaking about others? I think our default is to say the second one. He's speaking about others. And when Jesus says, no one, lights it, no one brings a lamp and puts it under a basket, he's saying, disciples, you need to go out into the world with this word that I'm giving you. You can't keep it to yourself. Don't do that. No one does that with a lamp. I'm not giving you my word so that you can do that. To keep it to yourself. Jesus is the light of the world. The disciples are to go out into all the world and preach the gospel. I think that's our default in terms of understanding this text. But notice how Jesus follows up. Look with me at verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Notice what he doesn't talk about here. 
He doesn't talk about, and this will sound really strange, but I'll explain it. He doesn't talk about their legs. He doesn't say, no one brings a lampen, puts it under a basket. In other words, I want you to go out into the world with my word. He doesn't follow up by talking about their legs and saying, so if anyone has legs to go, let him go. He doesn't say that. Of course, he will tell them to go, but here he talks about their ears, not their legs. He talks about their hearing, not their going. Which brings us to our second heading, paying attention. Look with me at verse, verse 24. Jesus continues to speak about their hearing. And he said to them, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. Now, there's a few things that we need to define here. Firstly, pay attention to what you hear. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, very simply, listen carefully to what I'm saying. Have you ever met someone who's a really careful listener? It's a wonderful thing. When, you, when you're talking to someone who's a very, very careful listener, they take in what you say, they process it, and they remember what you've said previously, and they piece it together. Really, that's, one of the, that's probably the key mark of a good listener. They listen and they piece together what you say with, with maybe what you've said six months ago. That's how good a listener they are. So that's what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying, listen carefully to what I'm saying. So that's the first part of 24, verse 24. Pay attention to what you hear. Secondly, what's the measure here? With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What does Jesus mean by measure here? Well, it's related, isn't it? Jesus is talking about the measure with which they pay attention. The measure with which they listen carefully. And it's really obvious, isn't it? Right? I'll give you another illustration. Pic picture a lecture hall at a university. The front of the class is someone paying very close attention, listening carefully, processing, piecing things together, taking notes. So the measure with which they pay attention is great. Now picture someone at the back of the class paying very little attention, playing Sudoku, making darts, scribbling on the desk. So the measure with which they pay attention is little. Just ask the question, who at the end of the course is going to have more understanding? To use Jesus' language, who is going to have measured back to them a greater level of understanding? It's the one who listens carefully. That's what Jesus is talking about here. He's telling his disciples to listen carefully to his word, and he's promising them to not only give them understanding to the extent that they listen, but to actually go beyond it. Still more will be added to you, he says, or in the words of verse 25. For to the one who has, that is, has understanding, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So to go back to the question earlier, 
terms of option one, option two, was Jesus talking about them when he talks about the lamp under the basket? Or was he talking about others going out into the world? It's clear that he's talking about them, not others. But does that mean he's not concerned about others, about their going out into the world with his word? Not for a moment. As I said earlier, he's going to tell them to go out into all the world with the light of his word. But that's not what he's talking about at the moment. That's not his point here. So what is his point? What should we take from this, in other words? I'll close by looking at this. I think it's very simple. The disciples were to use their ears before they used their legs. It's the simplest way of putting it. The disciples were to use their ears before they used their legs. You know, some professing Christians use their legs before they use their ears. Think, for example, and you probably know people this has happened to. I know people this has happened to. Think, for example, about folk who go on these mission trips overseas. I know, like I say, I know people this is true. So they go out to share the gospel. Then a few years down the road, you find out that they themselves no longer profess faith. In other words, they were never believers to begin with. Even though they went out to share the gospel, they never actually believed it themselves. You can probably think of examples like that in your own life, but there's an example of someone just like that in our text, isn't there? His name was Judas. He went out to share the gospel. He used his legs to go out and share the gospel, but it turned out what? Never believed it himself. Or you have others like Peter, think of Peter, who used their legs, or I should say used their arms before they used their ears. Remember that. The guards come to arrest Jesus. The disciples ask Jesus if they should strike with the sword. And Peter says, don't ask him and don't wait for an answer from him. Of course we should strike with the sword. Picks up a sword, cuts a guy's ear off. And Jesus rebukes him. Because what? He used his arms before he used his ears. And he's like so many well-meaning Christians, isn't he? He loves the Lord. And he wants to please the Lord. And he wants to do what's right. But he doesn't wait for the Lord to tell him what's right and what pleases him. So what's the call of this text? Well, the call of this text is very simply, listen carefully to Jesus. When you're reading his word, slow down. Think about what you're reading. Remember what you've read elsewhere. Piece what you're reading together with what you've read elsewhere. When the word is being preached, think about what you're hearing. Remember what you've heard and read elsewhere. Piece it all together. And if you do that, if you listen carefully to Jesus, what you'll find is this. The most beautiful picture imaginable will begin to form in your mind. Because if you listen carefully to Jesus, really carefully, almost certainly more than you'll expect, you'll hear him talking about himself and his love for you, rather than about you and your love for him. That's what you'll hear. 
Now, I'm not talking about some secret voice. That's not what Jesus' word was here. It wasn't something each individual disciple heard in his heart. It was his word that they all heard together. In other words, I'm talking about the Bible. And like I say, what do we expect when we come to the Bible? And what do we expect when we listen to a sermon? Our default is this. We think it's going to be all about us and our work. All about me and what I need to do. All about me and my living. It's what we expect. And if we don't listen carefully, we'll just walk straight away thinking that's exactly what we've heard, thinking that's exactly what Jesus has told us. But the Bible is not all of us, about us and our work. And the kingdom is not all about us and our doing. It's about the king and his dying. It's about the king and his work. Have you listened to that gospel? Have you really listened to that gospel? So many people think they have, but they haven't slowed down and carefully listened. So listen even now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Listen carefully to him every day of your life, for it is the most wonderful way to live, listening to him. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, we pray that we would, all of us, listen carefully to your Son, listen carefully to his word, and that we might, in turn, as we listen, be made zealous to go out and share that word with others. Father, we thank you that your Son has died for our sin. We thank you that his death covers all of our sin, past, present, and future. Father, may we relish that gospel and live in light of it, seeking every day to serve you because of what your son has done for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.